，你是哪些生来源？你好 fans of Shukhlistan, and welcome to day six coverage of the Beijing 2022 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I'm your host Jill Jarris, and through the plexiglass, I see my lovely co-host Allison Brown. Allison, Ni Hao, how are you today? Ni Hao, that was quite a game we just came from. Oh man, it really was. We have watched a lot of hockey today, and it's been super exciting. We will get to that, but first, what officiating or volunteer job would you like to do today? I'm restocking snacks. <laughs> so at every venue, there is a media workroom, and in the media workroom, we have desks and power strips and fee- televisions with feeds, and we also have a snack table. And everyone's always happy when the person comes in and refreshes the snacks. <laughs> and by everyone, I mean me. <laughs> I think there are lots of people who are happy, and the and the snacks are okay. So this is typical. There's usually some fruit, and it varies by venue. So in the media center, we usually have well, little oranges or tangerines and bananas. I saw today at hockey you got apples. Yes. And the snowboard the other day they had pears, which was the first time I had seen a pear.、Uh, we have a little the the only really sweet thing they have here. Is a Swiss roll, and that is a yellow cake, rolled up with some kind of creamy filling. In the media room, it is strawberry, not your favorite. Biathlon, they got orange, which was nice. And there are a couple venues who have banana, and so that's not bad either. And then there are a few venues who have Snickers. Yes, and oh, I still I owe you a chocolate bar. That's what somebody told me they were. The, how you say chocolate here in China? It's a little、uh, rice crispy, like a Nestle's Crunch. Those but it's are, long. I love those. Yeah, but they're not thick; they're very thin. But they're that's pretty tasty.、Um, we also have many kinds of crackers. There are like rice crackers or stuff made with sesame. There's、uh, sea salt and cheese, and、uh, then there's also the <laughs> pocket bread. There's little tiny. <laughs> Loaves of soft, squishy white bread, and by little tiny, I mean they're they're like two or three inches long or a square. It's or sort of like if you made Wonder Bread in the shape and size of a brownie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that can be tasty. There's there's brined eggs, lots and lots of brined eggs, and there's a cup of noodles. So that's pretty much that's our our snack area, and there there's different kinds of crackers here and there, but. Uh, it's, it's always a nice surprise to see. Oh, and and hockey has、uh, sandwich crackers, so they've got some sandwich crackers with cheese in the middle and sandwich crackers with peanut butter in the middle. And so it's like, why did I not go watch more hockey? <laughs> They have not had those because I've been in the the hockey room. That's a new addition、mm. today.、Uh, I don't know if that was today or yesterday. Today was cheese. Yesterday was peanut butter. Or the other day was peanut butter. Yes.、Yeah, so I have not seen those before today. <sighs> I'm loving them. So, what is your volunteer job? Okay, so we have talked that、uh, the, the yes, there is ice in the benches areas for the、uh, players to slide in and wait their turn to go back out on the ice. There is also a little mini zamboni that has to clean that ice, and the zamboni thing is like about the size of a snowblower. I would say a smaller snowblower. It reminds me very much of those machines that you can rent at the grocery store for、uh, oh, cleaning your carpets. Yes, it's it's yes. sort of that size and shape. Yes, yes, and it just comes in and they just clean out the the bench area. But only between games. Yeah, because it doesn't get a whole 
it doesn't get messed up that badly, but they like everybody to have a nice clean surface to start with. So that job looks fun. Although it got crowded in the little bench area with all the cleaning that was going on <laughs> today. There was some repairs apparently needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a little bit of the follow-up file. So I totally forgot this yesterday in my exhaustion from trip number three to the mountains in three days. I forgot to tell you that I got to hold one of the shoey Ron Rons that they give to medalists. How did that happen? Okay, so I'm hanging out at Biathlon, and the medal girls are there. They're waiting for the ceremony. And they had one, and all the volunteers are lining up to take pictures with it. And I kind of stood there and looked at it and stood there and, like, do I try to get in? And one of the volunteers was like, hey, do you want your picture with the shoe? And, like, yes, I do. <laughs> And he was great because it was like, picture, picture. Okay, I got to get the together with the share together for a shared future in there. Okay, more pictures. And then I, I gave it back. But it was cool. It's very light. I mean, shoey is pretty light. I mean, we have our shoeys, but this, I don't know. It was very, it's very cute though. I'm very jealous. Maybe you will get one. Get to see one. I, I don't competing. think they'll let me touch it because they know I wouldn't give it back. <laughs> uh, also, follow-up file from Biathlon, uh, one of the Ukrainian athletes. The Ukrainians, now we are starting to hear stories of how tough it is back home for them. One of the athletes could not compete because her father had been captured and she was pretty distraught over that. And then Dmitry Suarko said... He got a bronze medal yesterday in the middle distance vision impaired. He said it was very hard... You know, biathlon takes a lot of concentration. He missed two shots because yesterday my house where I live was bombed and destroyed. And it just, I cannot fathom what that is like to be here and compete on the highest level and get medals. Let's not put that aside. And get medals while you know your country is being torn apart and your life personally when you go home is never going to be the same as it was when you left. And one of the things we've mentioned yesterday and, and we continue to not have information about is, can they get home? Yeah, don't know. Because most of them came from training. They were training in Northern Italy and they were supposed to go to Lviv to get their, their gear and leave. And it's just, that wasn't happening. So they no. just, oh, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, they're, there's been several articles on our site, mm -hmm. what we get in here, of they're not sleeping, they're not eating, they're on their phones 24-7, they put the phone down just to race, to see, you know, if their families are still alive. It, it's, it is mind-boggling what is happening in Ukraine and, you know, for our purposes to this team. Mm -hmm. They are amazingly strong people, and it's so painful to, to watch them go through this. Um, Follow-up for para-alpine skiing. Everything has been rescheduled because the weather is getting warmer and warmer. So uh, it, things were supposed to start about 10, 10.30. Now they're all starting at 8.30 in the morning so that they finish up by 1 or 2, depending on the schedule. Because if it goes too late, snow won't be... Usable? Snow. <laughs> it will know. be slush or dirt. Yeah, yeah. So that's not easy to deal with. So we had a question from listener Dan who wanted to know about curling ice and wondered if it changed from day to day depending on the conditions. And 
so we did a little diving. If you go on our Facebook group, you'll see uh, a video I made walking into the venue because I realized as I was thinking about this question that the getting into the venue is different than getting into any other indoor venue at Beijing, including the Olympic venues as well. So to get in, you have to walk through, you know, they go through an auto, you go through an automatic sliding door, but then there is a fabric barrier and plastic barrier and going right into the, where the curling sheets are, there's more plastic barriers. So I put a little video up of what that looks like, but that's to help keep the consistency of the ice. And curling ice very involved <laughs> and uh, they've got one of the best ice technicians in the world here his name's mark callen he's from great britain his deputy chief is stefan rothlisberger from switzerland also quite talented found a couple articles in shrine which is a chinese publication and in the national post and the goal is to keep the ice consistent so that this is a game of skill, not a game of chance. You want to make sure that the ice is fair for everybody and keep the ice sheets as consistent as possible with each other, the other three sheets, and same from day to day so that they can kind of bank on what's happening. Now, that doesn't mean that the ice doesn't change as you go along because, of course, you're going to have all these elements like throwing the stones down there is going to change how the ice functions throughout the game and also adding people to the mix when you add in spectators that changes the game too so what the team has to do is they monitor the air temperature the humidity the dew point the air pressure the outside weather conditions because if people arrive and it's wet outside and they're wet that affects the ice conditions you can't use tap water for the ice it has to be purified or deionized because this that water freezes faster and harder than tap water. So the, the big deal with curling ice is that it gets pebbled and that creates little bumps on the ice that the uh, stone glides over. This increases the slipperiness of the, way, uh, of the lane. If you use purified water, it helps those pebbles last for the entire game. So an ice sheet is about four inches thick. When they build it, they do it two or three millimeters at a time. Once the upper layers freeze, they add the paint and the logos. Then they use deionized water to remove the impurities and they level it with an ice scraper. Then they pebble it. After every session, they resurface the ice again, repebble it. In Beijing, they have to deal with exceptionally dry air. And we can talk about how we know the dry air is dry. My hands cracked again overnight or over the last couple of days because it's so dry. Our hand, you know, our skin is like paper almost. It's, it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> but the air here is very dry. So they have added humidifiers to the ice cube. And we looked for them today and there. You saw a big one in the corner. Yes. And I saw little ones all along the sides. You, you can't see them on TV because they're along the side walls or right behind them. And they're about the height of a folding table or a card table. And then they've got uh, little hoses kind of coming off of them so that they can spray air. So that helps maintain the moisture levels. But the door keeps, there's a door that keeps letting in cold air. So they also use a hot tub that's not far from the ice. And you figured out... I think it may be the hot tub that the divers would have used because behind where the ice sheets are is where the diving tank 
would have been and still is. And then usually there's a hot tub where they they warm up between dives. So I'm wondering if they're just using that right. behind that because we can't see that part of the tank. There's a, a, a temporary wall that's been put up behind the sheets. So whatever is back there, we can't yeah, see. Exactly. So we can't see a hot tub, but we would not be surprised if it's running all the time. The, one of the other problems is that they, the, the monitoring systems they have know what to do with crowds, but because we have the COVID-19 protocols, they don't necessarily function in the same way. They have to know the exact number of spectators that will be there so they know what values to work with because the number of people affects a lot of stuff in the air as well. It's, it's so interesting that we've got to get an ice tech on at some point. Listener Lisa did note on the Facebook group that the ice does change constantly during game. It can be fast or slow. It can be frosty and have uneven spots. Although with at this level, I would imagine that they're pretty good at not getting those frost, uneven spots. And part of being a skip is knowing how to read the ice and how to call the throw. And you'll see players with stopwatches. You, you see this a lot because they'll have stopwatches hanging off their belts so that they can time how fast the rock is going at any time during the game. And the times will change as the pebbles break down on the ice. Thank you so much, Dan. That was a fun question to play with today. <laughs> it's always fun to like, there's something in this venue. We have to find it. <laughs> I have seen them pebbling the ice. I did yes. it up there early enough one session and he came with the hose behind him and he was... And he trots backwards. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very, I, I might have a video somewhere, but uh, yeah, he, he trots backwards at a little clip and sprays his hose back and forth and he has a big water tank on his back and it's just it is it's very intense they know exactly what they're doing and it's oh my gosh i cannot imagine a room full of ice techs geeking out over water and stuff like that i just i'm just saying i know it exists i would be interested in having dinner with them i would not want to have drinks with them Although you do wonder, like, I wonder what they think of, like, the water here, because we can't... We can't drink it. We can't drink the water. So I I wonder what they think, and if they are trying different... Well, they only get, like, the Coca-Cola water. (laughs) But I had a different brand in my other hotel, but I wonder if they're... They look around and be like, okay, the water from the bathroom sink versus the water in the Coke bottle. Hmm. I'm sure they're geeking out. Okay, let's get into today's action. We had some pair of cross-country skiing today. Again, the weather is having an effect. The athletes kept noting that the conditions changed. That from the morning, they started at 10 in the morning and went to 3 in the afternoon. And the conditions changed from the morning to the evening. And the course got harder, like harder, physically harder than it was in the morning. So that is one thing to look out for when you're watching this. We had sprints today. So... In the men's sprint free 1.5 kilometer standing, gold went to Benjamin Daviet from France, silver went to Marco Mayer from Germany, and bronze went to Grigory uh, Wojcienski from Ukraine. In the sprint free 1.1 kilometer sitting, gold went to Zhang Peng from China, silver went to Mao Zhang Wu from China, and bronze went to Colin Cameron from Canada. 
And his amazing biceps in his short sleeves. He was happy to medal, but not thrilled about bronze, let me tell you. And in the men's sprint free 1.5 kilometer vision impaired class, gold went to Brian McKeever from Canada with his guide, Russell Kennedy. How have we not mentioned Brian's mutton chops before? (laughs) Apparently he grows them in specifically at Paralympic time. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Silver went to Jake Adikoff from USA with his guide Sam Wood, and bronze went to Sebastian Moden from Sweden with guide Emil Hug Johansson. And the women's sprint free 1.5 kilometer freestanding gold went to Natalie Wilkie from Canada. Silver went to Vilda Nilsson from Norway, and bronze went to Sydney Peterson from USA. The 1.1-kilometer sitting class, gold went to Yang Hongchong from China, silver went to Oksana Masters from USA, and bronze went to Li Panpan from China. This is an exact replica of the podium for the long-distance race that we saw. Oh, okay, because I'm like, these names all sound familiar. (laughs) Not surprised. And in the 1.5-kilometer sprint, vision-impaired, gold went to Karina Edliger, Gold went to Karina Edliger from Austria with guide Lawrence Josef Lampel. Silver went to Oksana Shishkova with guide Andriy Marchenko. They are from Ukraine. And bronze went to Lynn Kazmaier from Germany with guide Florian Baumann. Let's take a quick break to talk about our Red Envelope campaign. This show does cost money to produce, and while our listeners have been extremely generous in supporting us through this Kickstarter campaign that got us here, and also through Patreon patronage for throughout the year, we're coming up on a new Olympic cycle, so it's two and a half years until we get another boost in our listenership. So to celebrate the Lunar New Year, we are asking for donations of at least $8 to help get us through to Paris 2024, Eight is a number symbolizing good fortune here in China. So we are hoping you will share good fortune with us. So if you appreciate what we've been putting out over the Olympics and Paralympics, we would appreciate if you could support us financially. And if you can't, tell a friend. You know you've got friends who like to geek out about the Olympics. Let them know about us. So go to flamealivepod.com support to donate. Hockey time. You've got follow-up on hockey. Yes, so... We talked a little bit yesterday about what the players do during the intermissions and how they get on and off the ice. So we mentioned yesterday that we couldn't see behind the bench because that side of the arena is not part of the closed loop. But I was able to climb up to the highest point of the press rafters, which I think scared Jill a little bit because I've been (laughs) tripping a lot. And I was able to kind of do bird's eye view. So what's behind So we've got the bench with the ice, and then you've got the behind the bench area, which is totally behind the uh, barrier. And that is that plastic material that you'll see on artificial ice rinks. I know I I skated on one of those on a cruise ship and and, uh, at a hotel once. And you can slide all the way down a ramp to the door of the dressing room. Or we did see some players today get out of their sleds in that area and walk it. So I think it really just depends on preference and disability and mobility issues and how they prefer to get around. So they do come out of the sled during the intermissions. I said yesterday that I didn't think they did. But now getting this additional information, I think that they do. 
And it seems like the strapping into the sled is not as complicated as it first appeared because we saw a broken strap end up on the ice during the second game. So it seems that it all depends on what you want to do, slide or walk. There you go. All right, we had two qualifying finals today. These are the teams from Group B figuring out who is going to get into the semifinals. First qualifying final was Korea versus Italy. Korea won 4-0, to zero, which the score was a huge differential, but they were pretty equal on shots on goal. Yes, it was just, you know, one of those which goaltender was a little bit quicker who had a few lucky bounces. It seemed like an evenly matched game if you weren't looking at the score. And one of those goals, if I remember correctly, was an empty net. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there was a pretty big crowd there. And we were like, oh, they, they brought in a crowd for Korea and Italy, which is, okay, that's very nice. And they they clapped politely. You noticed that... I think there was a giveaway because everyone had a bright green bag. <laughs> See, so bobblehead night works... In China as well, apparently. <laughs> we both found the job we would not want to have, and that would be the OBS cameraman and photographer who were positioned in a box between the benches and had to wear helmets. This was a new camera uh, angle. So when you, if you see the games Korea versus Italy or China versus Czech Republic for today, you may get some new shots that you haven't seen on the feed. And know that those men, it was, it was men for both games, were risking their, their lives for you. <laughs> there was another OBS camera job that I thought about taking, but I don't know how I feel about it. it was, there was a, a cameraman up in the corner by us. So this is me. On a roller derby rink, it would be turn four. So if, if we, were, we were in the turn four side of the, the rink, and there was a cameraman up against the plexiglass, and there was a woman kind of sitting behind him, and every once in a while she'd go up and gently move the wire out of the way so he would not stand on it. <laughs> I need her because I've been tripping. <laughs> a lot. The second game, now we mentioned the crowd for the first one because the second game was China versus Czech Republic again. And we were so excited because we're like, this is going to be off the hook. Because all the China games, the place has been packed. Yes. Somebody messed up. There was nobody there. The cheerleaders were in the stands. Usually they're in like the the doorways and the, the corridor parts of the stands. And this time they were in a row of seats and we're like... It's like 20 minutes to game time, and there's nobody coming in. Is the bus late? What happened? And I think somebody messed up the game order and sent the bus to the Korea-Italy game when the bus meant to go to the China-Czech Republic game. And then the word went out, everybody in the building, get to the stadium. So all of a sudden, maybe five, ten minutes into the first uh, period... (laughs) All these volunteers were around the edge on the upper rafters, just making so much noise. And then there was this man who kept switching ends, who never stopped waving the Chinese flag. And it was a big flag on a silver flagpole. He is behind the opposite goalie so that China could see him 
waving the flag as they headed towards the goal. And it, honestly, he kept that up the entire game. It was impressive. And like building crew, every because the building security type people and all that, they're wearing all black. They are in there. And we just kept looking. There kept being more people. And <laughs> but not sitting in the, the spectator no, section. No, they're all behind us. And I got to tell you, Chinese people know how to yell. Because they sounded, I mean, they were so loud that, that it sounded like in, it was full. And loud in a good way. Yes, yeah. I mean, not in an, in an obnoxious or, or unpleasant way. In an appropriate, we are cheering for our team. We have chants. We have songs. It really made this game a yeah. lot of fun. And it was hands down the best game we've seen so far. Super close. China beat Czech Republic 4-3 to three in... One like a couple minutes left. They didn't have much time left on the clock. Check check did not have much time left on the clock to make up that time. Your friend Michael was down the bench from us. We we have his name now. His my Czech friend's name is Michael. I asked him today. I said I'm so embarrassed. I keep referring to you as my Czech friend. <laughs> he was oh anime. If I could get my camera out fast enough, just the animation. So excited. And then just heartbroken. I, I feel like this would have been, if he could rip up some paper and throw it in the air in disgust, he would. <laughs> but as we both told him, the Czech Republic just played a great, great game. So evenly matched, so back and forth, really exciting. Just so much fun to watch this game between the, the Chinese crowd and the Czechs who were there were small, but they were vocal and animated and this is what you want from a, a Paralympic game. There was so much energy in the room. Exactly. And you really did not know until a minute left in the game who was going to win. Yeah. And I really thought we were going to overtime. We were going we to have a shootout on top of that because it was just super exciting. Bruisers. All of them were just bruising. And it was like the because you saw the first Czech-China game. Very different game. It was, I don't think the Czech Republic had been prepared for the kind of team that China was going to be. This time they were much more prepared. So it wasn't, the first game it felt like China was kind of beating up on them. This was much more evenly matched in terms of physicality. So there wasn't, even though there were a lot of crashes, it didn't feel so bruisery. <laughs> right, right, right. Make right. my own word. Some some T-bone penalties. <laughs> we'll say that there were some penalties for teeing. It was it was they got rough. Both of them were really chippy, but in a not in a oh my gosh, a big fight's going to break out kind of way. Agreed. They were just playing. It was a good game. So now 7th place in the tournament goes to Slovakia. The next games are on Friday. We will have the uh, semifinal game, then the fifth, sixth place game, then the other semifinal game. Fifth, sixth place game is going to be Czech Republic versus Italy. Then in the semis, Canada versus Korea and China versus the USA. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a game. It's 8.05 p.m. local time on Friday. So that is like 7.05 a.m. Eastern time. Watch it, you know, sneak watch it, set your DVRs. Get your streams ready. This is going to be a game to watch. I'm nervous and excited and hope I make it back from the mountain. Yes, you are going to the mountain that day because snowboard got rescheduled. Right. 
again, the weather is playing havoc. We have almost nothing tomorrow. Yes, it's going to be a weird day. And then I have five events <laughs> on Friday. And I am not exaggerating. There are, we're we're mm-hmm. sort of sitting there between the two of us with the schedule figuring out we cannot be everywhere we want to be. Right. So we will be covering as much as possible. But I think one place I will get myself to. Is that China USA game? Oh, I will I will find the, the Parisians <laughs> again and see if they'll get me another taxi. <laughs> and finally, we had some wheelchair curling tonight, more round robin play. In the uh, morning session, it was Sweden defeating Norway 8-6. to six. They came from behind in the last end. Korea beat Estonia 5-2, to two, and China beat Slovakia 7-5 to five in seven ends. In the midday session, Slovakia beat Sweden 6-5, to five, a last-end winner, which is something because Sweden's just been having a great tournament. USA beat Switzerland 8-5. Oh, eight, eight USA had a good day today. So they started strong with this. Switzerland tied it up at 5, but USA got 3 in the 8th to win it. And then China beat Norway 7-4. to four. Oh, this was another game. The crowd went crazy. China scored early. They were up 2 to nothing. Norway got 2 in the 4th to tie it up. China gets 1 in the 5th. Norway gets 1 in each of the next two ends. So they're up 4-3. to three. And then 8th end, China scored 4 points. The crowd must have been insane. Yeah. It was, it was, it was wild. And then Canada defeated Great Britain 6-3. to three. This was something. This was a little scary. So one end of the ice rather than a part of the match. Uh, British player David Melrose fell from his chair as he tried to pick up one of his sticks. It's just a freak accident. And he ended up, they're listing it as an injured shoulder. We had heard it was a dislocated shoulder. But thankfully, it wasn't a head injury or anything more serious because we were both there. And I saw some movement out of the corner of my eye, looked over, and there was a player down. The chair had fallen over. He was down. And then all of a sudden, I think every member of the medical staff from every team just descended on that sheet. And I think the problem was they didn't want to move him at all because they didn't know what had broken but he was still kind of tangled up in his chair. So it was a very complicated situation. Thankfully, by the time we saw him leave, we saw him moving his hands and talking. So we knew it wasn't a stroke or a head injury or, or something like that. So, so far, all is, is good from that. The shoulder injury is serious, but it looked way worse in the building. Exactly, exactly. So we hope David heals up quickly. It's not as serious as it seemed. And back on the ice... Sooner rather than later, I doubt that it would happen at this tournament, but stranger things have happened. In the evening session, we had Korea beating Great Britain 8-6, to Canada beat Estonia 9-3, to and USA beat Latvia 8-7. to Nice. Whew. <laughs> Though I want to make a note, the curling teams, there are five people on the teams. Yes. So that if one player goes down the the team is not out of the tournament he he was replaced so that's why uh, you heard you heard another british score they continued to play yes and sometimes they get replaced mid-game because i've kind of seen like wait that looks like a different person and i've seen on the result reports 
yes, so-and-so is replacement game. So it may be that somebody is not having a great day or they're not shooting right, that they just take them out and replace them and try to regroup and come back. So our standings right now, China and Sweden are tied for first with six wins and two losses. Canada is six and three. Slovakia is five and three. Korea, Latvia, and the U.S. are all four and four. Norway is four and five. Great Britain is three and five. Estonia is two and six. And Switzerland is one and seven. Um, we're again taping at night. It's 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 a little heartbreaking that it's no longer the hour of magical vacuuming when we tape. They seem to be vacuuming earlier because there's less action than during the Olympics. We are alone in the media room right now, late at night. Exactly. I had to. They have lockers that you can rent and store stuff in, or rent. You can check out a locker and store stuff in there and I returned my key because I've had a locker for a few days and I woke up the poor kid, the poor volunteer who needed to, to do the paperwork and then he's scrambling around poor guy so, but he had something to do you know I bet this shift is really tough all right, so Shukvastan, watch what's going on with our team. Keep the flame alive. So Steve Empt and Team USA will be back again tomorrow for the last two matches of round-robin play. One against Sweden, second against Korea. They are in the first two sessions. Okay, this is a do-or-die day for Team USA. They are still within shooting distance of the top of the standings, but they have to. They have to win, win both, and some other people need to lose some. So, all right. Well, you know, they might be able to pull it out. And Mr. Positivity, Steve Empt, he could help help that mindset. So, hope you do well tomorrow, Steve. We would like to thank our Kickstarter collectors, Wendy O'Donnell and David D. Thank you so much for supporting us and getting us here to the closed loop. And. We have a new mascot today. Yay! Our new mascot is Theodore Patton, also known as Theo. I follow him on Instagram, and he is fantastic. <laughs> he is a very sassy shih tzu, and he lives with superfan Sarah. And you'll be hearing more about Theo for the rest of the Paralympics. And special thanks to superfan Sarah for supporting our Kickstarter campaign. Yes, thank you. And that will do it for this episode. Tune in again tomorrow for another day of competition. Well, some competition. Not much because everything moved earlier in the week because the snow is melting. Can't help Winter Paralympics with no snow. That's all right. But that gives us more time to dig into your questions. So if you have anything burning, let us know. You can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. You can also join us on our Facebook group, which is Keep the Flame Alive podcast. You can hang out with us and our other listeners. Jill is on Twitter and I am on Instagram and both are at Flame Alive Pod. And we will catch you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. And until then, keep the flame alive.